Welcome to Sudbury Scrub, a 40k podcast for the Sudbury community, season 5, the the inaugural episode of the season. This season's going to be all about uh, tournaments and we're going to sh- we're going to shoot this off. We're going to get this started with uh, interviewing some players for the Grinning Demon tournament, which is a tournament coming up on in at the beginning of December. I think it's December 6th. And joining us today for the very first one, we have one of the winners of the last two tournaments. This is the winner from the Beer and Pretzels Open. We have uh, Mr. Jaden. Uh, Mr. Jaden Rogers, thank you for joining us today, sir. Uh, hello, thank you. Um, though I think I was runner-up in the... Uh, oh, that's right. You were runner-up at the BPO... That's right. You just that one always stands out to me in my mind, just because you guys then had the rematch in the final round at the next one, which was yeah. Salt Fest, which kind of Correct. took over for the BPO in that case. And the two of you had that that it was great. It was like the same mission, the same forces, the same everything. But so it was a pure, pure rematch. And then in that one, it didn't work out, but it was tight, tight, tight. And getting two really good games like that, I think, is fantastic. And I think we're, if everything goes according to plan, we're signed up for a a round one grudge match in the Grinning Demon. I think that's a good one to get out of the way with it. Because could you imagine, like, running into that situation a third time over at the end of a tournament? It'd be insane. It's way too stressful. I'd rather get that out of the way at the beginning, and then I kind of know what my fate is early on, and I don't have to stress about it all day. That's a good way of looking at it, for sure. So, I've got a list of questions here for you, and for other people that I end up interviewing as well. Um, so, first thing, I'd love to hear from you uh, about yourself. What, like, where are you from around the north here, around Sudbury? You know, is there a gaming group that you kind of belong to? Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, so I'm from Espanola originally. I uh, so basically Sudbury. Um, moved back to Sudbury uh, two two years ago now, just a little over two years now. Um, and as far as the uh, playgroup is concerned, and mostly based around uh, our LGS here in town, um, GameStuck. I don't really have, don't really do, haven't played any games outside of at the store. But, uh, so, that general play group, if you can call it that. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. So, like, you are, you are Games Nook through and through then. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that would explain why you've been able to make it out to so many of the recent tournaments, and that's fantastic. So, um, from what I recall, having a chat, I think you started somewhat recently. I know I've kind of pegged you, Aaron has kind of pegged you as well as our Rookie of the Year. Uh, when, How much experience do you have with 9th Edition and with 40k in general? Uh, with 9th Edition, I've, I'd say I've been getting my pretty solid amount of reps in since the edition started, but I only started... Jeez. Uh, I started playing realistically. I had bought a Star Collecting Box for Kiernitz, I don't know, two years ago, but I never really started playing or putting reps in until just before Sisters and the Psychic Awakening started. So yeah, really just, you kind of started just before, like uh, in the last year of 8th edition, 
and then your sisters, which I understand that that's the army you're go- intending to play at the Green Demon, correct? Correct. Yeah, so you're just getting you're just getting your feet planted with them. You find a lot of success, and you're but you seem to really be getting a handle on a lot of these interactions in the game, a lot of the stuff that tends to make it strong. So why is it that you're that you ended up going with sisters, especially like you started with that idea of nids? And then gravitating into sisters as you gain into more competitive play, what, why do you find that is? Uh, well, it became sort of a thing where I knew that tier nids is, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, they're a, generally a tier two army at best. Um, my issue with tier nids is that there's really only like two competitively viable ways to play it. You either play like uh, the Gene Stealer Slingshot with your Swarm Lord. Or you do this weird uh, dance of uh, playing Chronos with a shooting nids, and then doing uh, enough. You have like one or two blobs of gene stealers that you throw up into the front line to distract their heavy shooters enough for that your so that your bugs don't get blown off the table. Um, and Sisters just has a better all around. Like they're all around a. I want to say a more consistent army because you're not reliant on you can you can you can go toe to toe with like space marines and the other codexes without having to rely on like one or two super optimized like options. Yeah, so they're really good being able to to kind of be all rounders. They're good. They're they're tough when you need them to be yeah. tough. They're shooty when you need them to be shooty. They're punchy when you need them to be punchy. They're not fantastic they're not the best at any one of those things although i'm sure some people would say their resilience actually is one of the top tier ones but on the shooting and punching end of it they're definitely not the top tier but they're still able to kind of make it work with their points you're able to kind of oh my opponent wants to do more shooting i'm going to go punch him oh my opponent wants to do more more punching i think i'm going to try to shoot him and you can really make any they're a bit more fluid game plan in that way uh, yeah, that sounds about right. I think that they are... The way I like to describe them is A, as like... They're kind of like Imperial Death Guard because the if you want to make them really defensive, you've got a 6-up Feel No Pain codex-wide. And then you've got um, Ignore AP-1 for your, uh, your air quotes chapter. And then you've got a unit that you can have everybody within six inches ignore AP2. So then, and you can stack your defensive aura so that you have a four-up invulnerable. So even to shift you from your power armor save, they've got to hit you with a AP3 weapon, which is just not cost-effective when you're talking about, you know, 11.1 bodies. Yeah, that is hard to shift. Absolutely. And I've seen that up close and personal. <laughs> so... Going into this event, I know there's going to be a lot of different folks. I'm expecting you going in here. You're going to try to take it all. Um, are you Are you mainly going to try to win the event? Or is there, like, another reason on top of that? Is there another goal that you're setting for yourself? Well, at, at this point, I feel like I need to get uh, revenge on Ken. So <laughs> uh, we, need to, we need to finish out that 1-1 one, one tie we've got. That split we've got going on, but uh, winning it all would be nice because um, I've been really close with my last two. Um, 
but really it's I mean any time anything to do with a hobby is like you show up to have fun so I mean ultimately if I don't do well it's it's not the be all end all it's not like I'm gonna like have a, a pretty no table flips you know, in your future yeah no table flips at all <laughs> you know I I've seen people rip up magic cards when they've lost tournaments. It, rares, nice, good rares and stuff. It, it's painful. I've seen people hurt their models and hurt their dice. And uh, yeah, it's it's always, it, it's like I get it. I get it. But at the same time, it's not necessary. <laughs> no, exactly. And besides, uh, I have enough. I have a hard enough time keeping some of my models together on just purpose. By, you know, dropping them on accident. <laughs> Do you have any pewter models in your army? This all, is this all plastic? Because sisters used to be all pewter. You realize until just so, recently. Yeah, I I got into them with uh, when the recast started. The, the the new cast started coming out. Um, but I have since got some lots. Um, almost all of the eighteen repentia. I think I'm at like fifteen of the repentia in my list are pewter. Um, I just happened into uh, a squad of five regular sisters and a squad of five retributors and an exorcist that are also pewter. So I'm slowly building up a, a, a force of pewter models. They, are, I really hope you never break them because pewter does not work like plastic does when it comes to gluing. No. no. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the paint's holding it together more than the glue. <laughs> Hey, anyway, continuing on with that then. Um, so, what would you say is the biggest thing going in your favor when you go into this turn? But also, uh, after that, what would you say are... Well, let's start with the first one. Yeah, what's the biggest thing going for you into this tournament? Um, I think the biggest thing going into it, uh, especially after the uh, Space Marine Codex chain, or, uh, release, is that my army got the benefits of all of the weapon upgrades and I haven't had to pay for them yet because my codex hasn't come up. See, I always, um, I was looking at that. I'm thinking that all the points changes that were in the chapter approved when the edition dropped, I really feel like those kind of were already built with these other costs in mind because there are some points cost differences or similarities that just made no sense. A heavy bolter and heavy flamer kind of costing the same thing or uh, uh, the heavy stubber costing more than a storm bolter just didn't make sense to me. But now with these changes where a lot of these weapons, you know, heavy stubbers up uh, a shot, heavy bolters up damage, which has been huge in all the games I've had with that. Heavy flamers, all the flamers going to 12 inches, massive, massive, massive changes. But I can definitely see you're an army built on those kinds of weapons exactly. Almost with the exception of storm bolters, Almost all of your weapons have gotten an upgrade in some form or another, and you were doing well beforehand, so I hugely hear where you're coming from there. That would make a big difference, for sure. Well, the, the really interesting thing is that because our codex hasn't changed, um, my heavy weapon teams in the Sisters Codex, the Retributors, they already have plus four inches to flamer ranges, so they were already 12-inch flamers. Now I've got 16-inch flamers if I really want them. 16-inch flamers? Yeah. Wow. Bad time to be an orc boy. <laughs> well, bad, yeah, bad time to be anybody who really wants to. I mean, sixteen get inches. In. Aaron and I, when we play games, we we usually play very aggressively, and we end up in positions where we say, "Oh, you're twenty four inches. You've got the board, right? You, like 
Uh, from the middle of the table, 24 inches can reach just about anywhere. 16 inches on a flamer is a huge distance, especially in the new version. That means almost every single table, you can shoot a flamer from one objective onto another one. Yeah. Um, the problem that I'm facing is that there is just... With the two damage heavy bolter, I don't... There's just... Unless I know I'm going to run into a lot of, like, aggred, like orcs and tyranids and um, even, I guess, to a lesser extent, you have, like, elves and uh, Eldar and um, Imperial Guard. Like, unless there's going to be a lot of low toughness, one-wound bodies, I, th I think it's ultimately just better to, to uh, load up on heavy bolters. It, that, going against a, a, a local meta that does seem to be predominantly Space Marines and two-wound model-type guys, uh, that damage to heavy bolter is indispensable. Yeah. Indispensable. I mean, just um, even look at the your last fight against Ken. He was using those Patraxi guys, and I think they're all two wounds. So, yeah, right for there. for whatever reason, they got two wounds. They've got, like, a strength four flamer, and they've got, uh, what, some absurd, like, 12-inch range or something. Some absurd range with the, with the flamer. It's, yeah. <laughs> those, those models are... They're good. No, they're surprisingly, uh, surprisingly good. They are good. Um, but as far as, like, on that topic, uh, as far as fundamental list changes, I'm actually, I've dropped Gemini, but both the Gemini and five Storm Bolters, and I'm just replacing the Storm Bolters with a Heavy Bolter in every one of my basic troop squads. That makes sense. So, on the, on the reverse side, then, uh, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing that's going to hold you back at the tournament? Um, it's really hard. I think one of the biggest issues is going to be if any of our, because we've had a, quite a few Necron players. I think if anybody's running like the air quotes, like meta Necron list that's been making the rounds, it's going to be super problematic because the, the six cents move at the start of the game and then every unit counting is two or having obsec is kind of a problem because I like having a squad. I like having, like, one five-man squad sit on objectives for me. So, obviously, if you bring, like, 60 warriors that all count as two models, it's sort of my, my ability to hold points with my MSU sort of breaks down. Um, beyond that, I'm not too worried about, like, Space Marines, because my army has had a delightful time playing against Space Marines so far. Um, I'm sort of worried about... Uh, the ATV apothecary combo, but I think everybody's not really expecting that to see the light of day for very long. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the the Necrons, especially with the C-Tan and stuff. Uh, sisters, for as powerful as they are, they really tend to only unleash that power during two phases. You're only ever shooting or punching. There's You don't have any access to any psychic stuff. You don't have any... Uh, bombs that are going over in a movement phase or anything like that, you go up against uh, a, a Thraka or a Setan, and suddenly a lot of your offensive potential gets uh, severely dampened because it's like, well, I dealt three, I guess I'm done for the turn against that target. Yeah, um, but I don't... I think in those games, it's more about... Ignoring 
scoring them to the best of my ability, like putting the right amount of shots to get the wounds in every turn. Um, but overall, it's like there's not like what what can you do, right? I don't have I don't have the army to like kill it in like one and a half turns, like say if I was playing Thousand Suns or uh, or like Eldar. Um, so like yeah, so the 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 Catan shards are definitely going to be an issue. I don't think Throck is kind of slow. It is less of an issue overall just because he's cumbersome. He, like, he girdles up the table and by then he's lost more than half his wounds. Um, but yeah, the Catan shards definitely going to be an issue. Well, um, I'm actually going to share then a little secret with you. There is uh, an extra phase of the game that people tend to forget about in regards to Catan shards and Throcka. There's the charge phase. The charge phase is its own phase, so if they charge you and you declare Overwatch and you deal three damage, it didn't happen in the shooting phase, it didn't happen in the fight phase. There's a oh, whole yeah, new three damage. True. If I want to, I have a stratagem that allows me to drop. Um, that I can drop uh, a Seraphim squad and then I can have them shoot during the movement phase. So technically, I have oh, an additional phase there. Too. There you go. So look at that. We just found you. We just found you some extra, uh, some extra options. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so, what is your? Uh, this is now one one of my questions for like trying to come up with some a little bit more interesting questions beyond the normal scope of things. I want to kind of think of the nitty gritty here for a moment. Uh, a lot of the missions, especially with Ninth Edition, they follow that same pattern for holding primaries, which, you know, anyone listening to this podcast knows I always try to finish off by saying, keep holding those primaries, because that is how you win. Outside of that, though, secondaries, everyone's trying to build their army to take uh, at least one secondary all the time, hopefully two secondaries all the time, and the third one then they kind of deal with on a as-needed basis. Is there a secondary objective that you really are planning to try to take all the time? Uh, I think that because the core of my army is this really durable, hard-to-shift block of MSU units, uh, I generally like raising the banners because, for the most part, like, a lot of, like, the core troops of my army basically only have altars, so I'm not losing very much if I can get some of them up the board, drop a, drop a banner on like three or sometimes four objectives if the map allows it, um, and then just sit on them all game. Um, because my army's kind of, kind of castle-y, because I have a, a ton of auras, so like I can't just rely on, it's really hard to rely on uh, engage in all fronts to get those three points consistently, even with the amount of drop troops I have. Um, it's kind of hard. Uh, against certain lists, like the aggressive list that want to push me, I like taking Mindbreaker, because when I drop my angels in their back line, they're not going to turn around and come take them off. And against uh, Austin in, in Saltfest, uh, Linebreaker was just amazing against his White Scars. So uh, it's those types of things. So like I guess like I guess you could say deploy scramblers. Um, the more mid-boardy ones are generally what I like to take because that's where I want to be. I'm pretty, I'm still a mid-range army um, and I'm really hard to shift. So those types of uh, objectives. Uh, I, I love raised banners. I think raised banners is like you said, if you are 
something that that you're able to ensure that you hold on to things, um, whether it be through castling up, whether it be through endurance, or whether it just be through blocking your opponent or making them have to trip over things to really get there. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite ones for just putting pressure on an opponent to force them to try to do something to knock you off them. And them trying to do something can easily overextend themselves. So I think that's, you know, something that's focused on doing something like Raise the Banners with an army like yours, that's that's a, a very wise decision, I would say. So, uh, the next question I've got for you here. The Grinning Demon is having a unique requirement for this painting contest. Normally, you know, we all just kind of put out our models, uh, everyone looks them over, they vote on them, and it's really happy. Um, this time, though, it's like uh, Justin wants people to bring a specific thing. He wants people to bring a dual diorama. So two models locked in combat with each other. Um, it's a very different idea for a pain cause. I think it's a really great idea for just kind of being like, hey, let's try to encourage somebody to bring spe something specific to the event. Whereas beforehand, you kind of build up your army and you always bring that same army with you places. Do you intend to take part in this or is this like a little bit like hmm I gotta make something specific to this tournament it's maybe not quite worth the investment what how do you feel about that well unfortunately um, painting is always sort of an area where I lose a lot of points just because painting is unfortunately the my least favorite pillar of the three I'd much, I'd much rather put the models together and play with them than um, sit down and paint them so I don't think I'll see. I'll see if I can come up with something in November. But my intention was not to really do it because a I'm not the most skilled painter, and b I'd have to think long and hard about what sort of uh, diorama I'd want to use because I'd I'd be sort of inspired to put together something involving my Celestine model. But then I'm not entirely sure what I'd put her up against. And there's an issue where it's going to look kind of weird because she'll be on a base in the diorama and not part of the diorama proper because I actually have to use her in the tournament. And so I think it's just going to be a lot of a lot of trouble that I'm probably not going to get around to. And you know uh, what? Exactly. That's I think that's a very fair assessment of that. It, it, it's a definitely it's a lot of work for it and. A lot of times, especially when you're new at the game, the main thing isn't to collect models to paint. Uh, when you're doing things for turns, a lot of times, like, hey, I'm getting a model, I'm buying something I can use. <laughs> so I, I totally hear where you're coming from. Absolutely. So uh, we're about a month out from the event now. Even less than that for list submissions. I think list submissions are like November 29th or 30th or something. Um, are there any FAQs that you're excited about or that you're maybe worried about uh, that could be dropped in that time that might make you really, really re-examine your plan? Um, I think ultimately the only FAQs I'm looking forward to is like I said, that ATV apothecary uh, change, but I think that's on everybody's radar because, you know, being able to bring back eight wounds for free is pretty egregious. Um, but as far as things that will drastically change my army um, really only point costs like if suddenly they decide oh hey you know heavy bolters are too good at this point value or something like that that's really the only thing that's going to change my army list as I've got a pretty 
well-rounded um, force. I think you're pretty safe on the heavy bolter bet. Um, Games Workshop does seem to right now be committed to only doing points changes uh, in emergency situations, which it doesn't so far seem to be the case, uh, or otherwise during chapter-approved drops. So I think yes. the next major time that they'll readjust the points is coming up during the winter, but I don't think that's going to be until at earliest January, maybe the end of December. I think you're safe. Yeah, I, I think I'm safe too, but that's really, I can't think of anything else that they'd hit on Sisters for um, that would like be a, a drastic change like that. But um, I can definitely hear what you're saying for for the bikes. The, the Apothecary bringing back a full ATV in addition to healing one. Just bringing back the ATV is kind of the big deal. I haven't faced against that myself yet. But, uh, oh man, it, it, if somebody brought back a, a eight wound model at full wounds back onto the table, it'd make me want to barf. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what um, Almost 100 points right there, right? Yeah, I think they're, what, 80 points or something? Yeah. So it's like, boom, it's back. Free. <laughs> Holy jeez. Yeah, and all you have to do is spend, what, 10 points at the beginning to upgrade to Chief Apothecary or something? Or whatever yeah, the cost rate on that is. I think that's pretty pretty worth it. <laughs> or don't even yeah. do that and pay one command point. But, you know, why not just do it for free, right? All right. Well, I have one last question for you. Uh, you don't have to answer this one. I, I know it wasn't in the package I had sent you previously. But I've been getting a few other uh, requests for things to ask people. Uh, and this one here, uh, what would you feel would be your ideal matchup uh, at the tournament? And are there any matchups you're really hoping to avoid? Um, as far as ideal matchups, uh, I think, I don't think that Space Marines have changed enough that um, I wouldn't want to play them. Like, I'm not weird person who shows up to this tournament and is like, yeah, I'll play sign me up to play three rounds against Space Marines. Um, because <laughs> my army is pretty well suited to just going through them like butter. Um, especially now with the two damage bolter upgrades. Um, unless there's been a dramatic like sh paradigm shift in what Space Marines do and bring. Uh, which doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems that I'm still pretty good to go. Um, as far as lists I don't want to play against, um, like knights and custodies, because they're just not really fun to play against. <laughs> why? Why is that for custodies? I've heard knights, even in, though in ninth edition, I, I find that they play just so uh, differently that I have I don't find them to be quite as uh, obnoxious as before. Um, but custodies, why custodies? Well, it's not even uh, for well, just to just to uh, reiterate on the knights. It's not that they're like I'm worried or. That I'll get frustrated. It's just not like fun to play. It to I don't know. It's really it's just really uh, I don't want to say cumbersome, but like shooting a bunch of twenty-four wound models with like four up invuls all game isn't really. It feels like you're doing nothing all game, and then you're just probably winning a primary because that's the model count. Um, Custodians, there's they sort of it's sort of like halfway between why I don't like playing against knights. And also because they're, they have like most of the benefits of Space Marines, so they can do really cheesy, obnoxious things. But also they're hard as hell to, to shift or do anything to. Um, 
because again they've got like what four or five up in bones army wide i don't know that's rich coming from a sisters player <laughs> same thing but i'm also but my i have like one wound models instead of like two three wound models that are doing the same sort of thing yeah i think their minimum thing is a three wound model with a lot of them are, are four wounds and yeah four up in bolt army wide uh i think one unit has a three well a number of units have three up in bolt so yeah they can be hard not they are hard to shift in a different way they are they yeah. it, it is very condensed hard to shift you can be a lot you can be hard to shift but you're more spread out and so you do get shifted but you have like kind of fallbacks on it uh custodies they once they're somewhere the good luck taking them off of that because they are saying no i am here and nowhere else if you do take them off they don't have a lot of fallback but uh it is it is condensed all that toughness for sure yeah it just it sort of ends up at least for me, I mean, obviously I'm not a knight or a custodies player, but it just seems like it just becomes a, how many dice can, like, how, how many times can you make your invuln save? And there are days that it's hot and days that it's not. Really well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. And I feel like that's not really, like, that's not, I feel like that's not really in this, I don't want to say it's not in the spirit of Warhammer, because if, if we were talking about in the spirit of Warhammer, it'd always be like you know, like space brain versus chaos and all that. But like, you know what I, you know what I'm getting at, right? It doesn't seem like it's it you know, it's like not the kind less, of game that you want to have. Yeah, well, it, it seems like there's less strategic options against an army that that's that is like that, where it's just like, okay, well, hope you don't make your saves because there's not really anything else going on. We're just like sitting on our side of the board and whatever. It's like that's not. I mean, that was, I guess that was fine in 8th edition, but 9th isn't really about that. It's not right? about that. No, not at all. So, f finishing off then, is there anything else that you want to share about the Green Demon? Uh, any hopes, fears, things you, you want to put out there right now? Um, I hope that I get to uh, see how gross my, uh, my melee angels, my Zephyrim are. In, uh, with, now that they're strength four, because power swords got better. There we go. That's true. Your your stuff's all higher strength now. So excellent, um, Jaden. Uh, I really just I, I hope to see a larger variety of of chapters and uh, out of Space Marine players and that sort of thing. Like a, I mean, I I expect we'll see more Necrons or uh, at least the same number of Necrons, but. I, hope we see a, a wider variety of uh, Space Marine chapters instead of just, you know, like the typical Iron Hands White Scars. That is definitely something we can... You know what? There are a few players I know that they really like to do some of the different things, but I, I can't <clears throat> recall. I don't think they're actually in, at the Grinning Demon. Um, I'm really hoping to be able to do a, a meta report on it. Once all the lists are submitted, we'll be able to kind of have an idea of just how varied it is because absolutely there's so much richness to the space marine codex it's a real shame when one faction kind of one or two factions kind of uh push everyone else out of the limelight because it's they are so cool in so many different ways i so, feel like that's the way it's going to be until the rest of the codex come up though right you're going to be a, we're going to see a heavy focus on Necrons and Space Marines. I mean, there's always a focus on Space Marines, but because their codexes came out first, they have all the new shiny tools, and like, 
Psychic Awakening is good and all, but it only goes so far compared to a core codex that's like two and a half years old. Yeah, and things will... think There, there definitely seems to be some movement going on right now in the meta. Hopefully it hasn't settled down. And we'll definitely see how that impacts things here in Sudbury. So thank you, sir, so much for joining me today on this. This was, this was really good. I think we got uh, some wonderful information. Um, I'm looking forward to chatting with some other folks as well coming up. I've got, uh, of course, after speaking with you, the next person I'm going to speak with is Ken. So, oh, of course. <laughs> so uh, everyone, hope you guys are looking forward to that one as well. Jaden, thanks again so much. Looking forward to seeing you at the Grinning Demon. Best of luck to your sisters. Really hope you put up a whole lot of banners and uh, you take it and you continue to cement your position as our Rookie of the Year. Thank you so much again, sir. Absolutely, and thank you for having me. Not a problem. Take care. And everyone out there in Radioland, keep on uh, on wargaming and keep scoring those primaries.